You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Run like a wild man. I watched you struggle and I watched you wrestle with them angels. From Auburn University, Bo Jackson. 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 The correct your nearest stadium time is 8.20 p.m. Central Standard Time. Your digital audio device is tuned to the Orange and True podcast, harbored by the friendly folks at collegeofmagnolia.com. Greetings and salutations, Orange and Truthers. You found me, it's Drew Croson at Center Crow 2 on Twitter. You can find me at Center Crow on Venmo. Keep me up there if you like the sound of my voice. Joining me via the magic of the internet, it is the rumor monger, Ryan Starrett, at Ryan S. Starrett. The S stands for Sharif and Warmups. And that's all it stands for. Yep. That's it. Just warming up, taking some shots. Me and Sharif had the same number of minutes, though, tonight. Um... Also joining me via Skype, a man who knows his way around a Hastings Music and More. Is that what its full name was? Hastings Entertainment? It's the AU Chief. AU Chief, can you read me? Hail and well met, friends. I thought his full name was Will Hastings. Yeah, Will Hastings. (laughs) It was Hastings... It's a great question. Uh, Hastings Entertainment was their uh, is their official name. I never called it that. No, it was just Hastings. It's kind of like it's kind of like Hibbets Sports. It's actually just Hibbets Sports, but everyone yeah, calls it Hibbets. Yeah, um, Hastings is a seaside town and borough in East Sussex yeah, on yeah. the south coast of England. Wait, yeah. do you not remember Hastings? I do. It oh. was here for like my freshman year. That was it. Oh my god! <laughs> did you ever get a coffee at Hastings? I did not. Real heads know they had free coffee in the back. They did. I used to, or actually, I interviewed at Hastings one time and did not get the job, and I'm still mad I didn't get the job. Free free CDs, man. Just probably uh, a safe place. Well, I I would have been out of there long before they were done. <laughs> you could have gotten a sweet deal on Slipknot hoodie. Mm, yeah. A weird, well, like, you know. Half, when Ryan halfway. came here, it was it was more like a uh, I don't know what you'd call it. It was more like a uh, not hot topic and not no, oh, it was cool. Not they have they had a lot of is that. they had a lot of novelty stuff there. Yeah, yeah. there's when, a knickknack store. When Crow and I were in college, it was a video rental and uh, a video game rental. It was a rental place plus bookstore plus music store. Uh, and uh, the, and last, they, the last two CDs I ever bought in person um, were from Hastings. There you go. I think they probably sold more vinyl than they did CDs to people my age. Oh, yeah. oh and then it became a that comic became cool shop. again. The, the comic shop, pretty much, right. as well. Um, went, and just in time for me to get back into comics really, really heavily uh, around 2010 ish, I guess it would have been. Yeah, and you could also get like a three foot tall action figure of yeah Anakin so they, Skywalker or something like that. They always had stuff like that, but then they really expanded that business in an effort to try to save themselves and it did not work. It was a great place. It was my favorite store uh in Auburn. I used to go there multiple times a week. Um but like I said, the last two physical CDs I ever purchased were at the Hastings in Auburn and it was that yellow Jack Johnson C D that everyone had in two thousand and five or whatever it was. And the uh, Mike Joneses. Um, who is Mike Jones? I bought um, a lot Ooh. of 311 CDs there. Um, of course. I bought a lot of CDs. Used CDs. That was the best part of it. And you were a sucker if you ever sold your CDs to Hastings. Complete oh, yeah. suck. You got. Is that sense. like turning in your video games to GameStop? Yeah, it's but worse. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I once saw a guy turning in a whole thing of 311 CDs used. 
And that he he like it was like their entire catalog, which at the time was only like ten CDs, and they were giving him a dollar for it. So what did three eleven do to that man that he was just like, I'm done? Well, this would have been I am not about rap reggae. This this would have been probably around twenty eleven or so, probably. So he probably just had digitized all his music and was just getting out of the C D game, uh, as a lot of people were doing at the time. And, and I think that's what was going on. There. I think he just got found, yeah, maybe. A, girl, found a girlfriend. Oh, Ooh. maybe. Hey, you gotta get rid of these three eleven CDs. I want. I just I almost offered him money for him because I'm like, I'll give you five bucks. Like this, that's more than Hastings is giving you, and then they're gonna turn around and sell them for ten each. Yes. Yeah. The Ryan, you might not remember this. The price of compact discs at one point oh. in this country was astronomical. Twenty, unless you were going to Walmart to get your music, it, it was going to cost you about twenty five dollars to get a new CD. I think I remember paying like this is when video games were forty bucks, sixty bucks. I paid sixty bucks for a video game one time on an N sixty four. Actually, no, what I'm yeah. saying back back when like buying CD, oh, you paid sixty bucks for an N sixty four. Yes, game? yeah. So that that's the thing you got to think about. Game video game prices have actually gone down to a point, and now they're steadily creeping up. But now it's more of a it's closer to inflation as they creep up. N64 games were super expensive. And yep. there was a reason my parents didn't buy me NES games because they were exp- they were really expensive. They may have only been $30, but at the time that's like paying $70 for a game now. So, yep. I think I paid 60 bucks for Banjo-Kazooie. And now oh, you don't have to pay for goodness. the supply chain at all. You're no. Just paying for the files. Yep. And that's the thing, like the jewel case the weird wrapper that was always static to your hands and you couldn't get mm-hmm. rid of. Mm-hmm. All of that stuff apparently made it to where it was thirty bucks for that voice <laughs> to men double disc you wanted. And you couldn't you couldn't get it unless you went to Sam Goody. In yeah, the mall. Sam Goody was the worst place to buy to buy a CD. Uh, they were they did Is that have like a combination Sam's and Goodies? No, no, Sam Goody was a CD and DVD only store. Yeah. That. I don't think is in business anymore. Shockingly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't. I, there's not. I mean, Best Buy got out of the music business. I does anywhere other than Walmart sell CDs now? Well, now everybody's going back to selling vinyls because it's like vintage. Yeah. Right, which I right. have a lot of vinyls now. It's funny now that I get like, you can buy vinyls and they'll come with a digital download code to download the album digitally as well. But yeah. According to Wikipedia, <laughs> Sam Goody has two locations. Oh wow. I was going to show you my pixels. The Alaska? I recently got. Because uh, isn't the only blockbuster in like Oregon like somewhere? Yeah, it's out in East Oregon. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. This there, is the Oregon Sam, True the two Podcast. Two Sam Goody stores are in the Ohio Valley Mall in St. Clairsville, Ohio, and the Rogue Valley Mall in Medford, Oregon. What are they saying? As a, as a collector, I really hate the death of physical media. It really sucks. But uh, as much as I love to have like a physical book, I've gotten to where I can't. It was always annoying to hold, especially a, a paperback, small paperback, to like hold it open. I didn't like to crease the the the, the spines, so I'd like half. It was a whole thing. And as much as I love physical books, I've just gotten used to reading on a, a tablet. I've got a paper wipe that's yeah really easy on the eyes, and it's. Uh, I swore I'd never stop buying CDs, but the only CDs I bought have been if I go to a concert and I, I buy the CD there. Uh, I have nowhere to play them except for in my car. Yeah, uh, I can't play them in my car because my car has a six-disc CD changer that doesn't work. So, <laughs> Chief, work in, uh, so you're not DVD. super into the digital collectible scene that's going on these days? Um, no, not really. It's not the. So I don't really get it. I don't really understand it. I'm gonna have to have I, like a 14 year old explain it to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's. Luckily, I, I work in a position where I can talk yes, to 14 year olds in a way that's not legally and not yeah. it not be weird. I can't just pull up. Hey, kid. <laughs> What's the deal? With What's the, the deal with these digital collectibles? So I, I get the concept because you know you if you play video games in the last. 15 years they have achievements that you collect in in video games so especially xbox started it and then uh and then playstation has it so i get the idea of collecting things digitally 
Um, it can scratch the same collection itch, but I don't like. I don't get the whole like collecting cards and stuff like that. Although I say that, I got really into the little Panini collect uh, uh, World Cup sticker thing that was all digital. Yeah, so. I gotta say I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh man, digital collectibles! The NBA is pushing them huge. Yeah, is this related to the uh, like? The stock highlight stuff that I've heard about? Yes. It's exactly that. Okay. You can buy a highlight. Like mm. you buy a particular Zion Williamson dunk. Uh-huh. Highlight. Okay. Will it give you a digital signature? I guess. You give a digital signature. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's also – you could just look it up on YouTube. Anyone can yeah. watch that dunk. Yeah. You don't own it. Yeah. But you yeah. have the collectible of that dunk. Kind of like you would have Zion Williamson rookie card. But I, I can I also mean, just I... look at a picture on the internet. I get it to a degree. There, there's a, a. I play a game that has uh, collectible digital items in it, and I mean these people. It's all the same salesmanship that they've been doing for years. They're just adding it on digitally in in those games. Like you'll get your collector's editions no longer have like a big book that you get with it with art in it or something. You get like a, a pet in the game or uh, something you'll never look at again in the game. And you feel like, Oh, I, well, I got to upgrade and get that. You can't just buy the regular edition. Mm. So I get it. I get it. I guess. All right. Let's talk about basketball. Mm. So we are, um, one and one in the last two games and beat our biggest rival. So that's huh. nice. Yeah. Got to win yeah. against, against Rick Barnes with Tennessee. That's six in a row for Mr. Bruce Pearl versus Tennessee. You got to feel, you got to feel bad if you're a Tennessee fan, because Auburn is not a good team to lose to at this point in the season without Sharif Cooper. No, no. Uh, and I uh, want to say that, the the draft stock of Shreve Cooper is only going up as <laughs> Auburn plays without him and turns the ball yeah. over seven hundred well, times in a game. I, I think that we are we're somehow worse now, and I don't think it's just the absence of uh, Justin Powell. We are worse now. Justin Powell is also getting better every week because people yeah, are like, right. "Hey, man, we just Powell, we won this game." Right. <laughs> I. I we we've gotten worse now the tennessee game we played really well we executed our game plan perfectly uh the first half was a little shaky second half we we i mean we played hard we played well we didn't turn the ball over it was a great game uh it, it, but since sharif has joined us we have played maybe five good game really good games yeah, and that's uh, uh, and one of those we lost because it was against Baylor. Yeah, and lost uh, to, lost to Bama in his first game, and he played amazing. Yes. yes. I also uh, want to say that, like, shout out to Jamal Johnson for yeah playing point against Tennessee for the first time in his career. Did Literally, he play himself into being the backup point guard next year? He played himself to hey Bruce, why wasn't he the backup point guard six weeks ago? <laughs> yeah, I uh, I don't I don't really want to get in. To tonight too much i think we saw tonight why maybe that that's he's he's still he's future. still one of the elite players in the country at not turning the ball over which is bizarre sure. i i think he i think we saw tonight that once guys have some tape on him then they can do a little more with him than tennessee oh, sure he definitely isn't going to be your starting point guard but if he, right if he has to play five to eight minutes a game there yeah, sure. I don't think that hurts you next year. Man, as a team, senior too. This team needs J. Bob McCormick to be a year <laughs> younger than he was. Yeah, or Samir Dowdy, or Davion Mitchell to yeah. be here this year. Which I mean, actually, you know what's crazy? Kind of wish Turbo Jones hadn't transferred midseason. <laughs> I don't It'd be pretty know nice that. to have another guard on the team. Uh, well, that's true. Another guard willing Just to, to have the team. option. Although being willing to take a shot doesn't seem to be our problem this year. We've taken 700 freaking threes, even though we're not good at them. I think the interesting thing that – I think what Bruce – the commitment to Jamal at point in the last two games is proof to a concept that I think doesn't get said enough about basketball is that there are guys who can play 
four positions, five positions. Yeah. There's positionless basketball, and that's awesome. That's my favorite type of thing to watch, whatever. But yeah. there are guys who need to be playing one position because they are so much a, they're so much better version of themselves in that spot. Yeah, at, at and, that point. And Alan Flanagan is a an elite three. Yeah, I think he's really would be really good if he was playing. I think three. he's a really good three. Ryan's not as high on Flanagan I, as, I as me and most draft picks are. Alan Flanagan at the three is a is an elite player at getting to the rim. Yeah, and at the college level, and he, and to be an elite player, he's got to be elite at finishing at the rim too. Well, oh, what's the <laughs> average in this year in points per game? Fifteen still. Oh come on, it's not just points per game that you're looking at though. Remember, uh, the S stands for efficiency. Something like that. Yeah. Ryan's a big efficient. He's he is having like he is a three, who is having to currently carry the bulk of the offensive load. Yeah, on this team. I, I think this year has been. But I don't I don't think that makes him an elite player. I think it makes him the best player on a team that well, needs somebody else to be the best player. Well, I think it I think it hurt, has hurt him to have to play three different positions. Definitely. Oh, hundred percent. Because when he's been able to play the three, like against Tennessee, he they had nothing for him. Yeah, he ate their lunch. It, it's a and they're a really Tennessee that that was a run. really good defensive team, and Alan Flanagan destroyed them. He dunked so hard on them that I think it should count as a loss for the next three years against them too. And even it didn't though, count. Even like, the points didn't count. Tennessee's going to lose anyways. I, mean. <laughs> I think the interesting thing about Flanagan's game is that like people have since he since last year compared him a little bit to Okoro. Yeah. Because they kind of have a similar build, and they play the yeah, same position. Yeah. Flanagan's better on offense right now than Okoro was last year. Oof, He's not as good defensively as Okoro was, and probably uh, never will be. Is he better on offense, though? I don't I don't know about that. Yeah, let me check out some numbers for you. I would rather have Antlin Flanagan with the ball in his hands in the Ooh, early no. part of the shot clock than Okoro at this point. No way. Not Okoro today. Not even Okoro last year. I don't know about that. I, no. <laughs> I I have to disagree with that one because Isaac could get to the rim whenever he wanted to. Allen can get to the rim whenever he wants to. Yeah, but That's Isaac what he does. going to make the shot every almost every time and and or and or get to the line. And and Allen's, Allen's not there. I, I, I think he is. I'm not 100% sure we are remembering Isaac Okoro the same. I don't know, dude. Dude, because man. Isaac, I don't think Isaac had five 20 point games last year. Okay. He also Isaac had a lot last year. He also uh, had a lot of, uh, a lot of other dudes that were right. He wasn't having to time. carry the offensive load. So last year, Isaac had a 19 PER, a 56% effective field goal percentage. He shot, uh, let's see, only 29% from three. I mean, that was obviously the knock on him. 61% yeah. from two. Um, what were his pl- points per game, Ryan? He didn't have to be. This is this is what I'm arguing with you, though. Points per game doesn't mean anything when you have, like, three better offensive options last year that are no longer What on I'm team. saying is this guy in SEC competition is able to put buckets on teams even though they know – he is the only guy on Auburn's team that can do it. Alan Flanagan, 17 PER, a 54% effective field goal percentage, shooting 34% from three. It's better. 56% from two, not as good. 34% from three, almost all from earlier in the season. Yeah, I mean, if I go to conference play. His, his last two months, he has been those oh, that hey that per oh, number oh, okay. was not it, as it, that thirty three percent conference play. So. Yeah, hey. but the last the last at least month, you guys are not telling me that I was that far off. I'm I'm sorry, but I'd still I'd still have Isaac over, here. <laughs> and I'm not I'm not crapping on Allen. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> Allen has gotten Allen has gotten the most, and, and remember they're the same age, right? Yeah, they're the same age. Allen has gotten the most undue criticism on Twitter of any player on the team besides maybe Sharif because everybody all of a sudden is realgm.com and and I Isaac has gotten the most undue criticism because 
I think everyone Alan Rising. Alan, because Alan all of a sudden came into this year really vastly improved from last year. I think he's been getting a lot of crap because of the the drop off we've seen. He was great against Tennessee. Don't don't get me wrong, but the at least the last month he has not been great, and and, and I don't think that's all his fault. That still I, goes back to not having a point guard. Yes, yeah. he's having not having a play play point guard. Having he's to having to play point guard. Yeah. I, I think if I think if we had a complete team, everyone on this team looks better though. I think I think that's the if he, I, if this team with if Alan Flanagan was able to play the three all year, right? This team's got three more wins minimum. If, if sophomore yeah. Alan Flanagan Did played I, on last year's team, sure. Oh yeah, like sure. if you take a core, yeah. I mean. Oh, leave a coro in, and we've got a we've got a lot on our hands there because you can if, bring Allen in and not have that extreme drop off in offense like we like we did, um, because he was just not a threat on offense. He could still get to the rim last year. I'm, I don't I'm know if you worried. Guys remember that. I'm worried for Allen because I think Allen's going to come back next year and have a bit of a logjam at the wing with some new recruits that are going to be highly touted. Bruce is maybe going to start Allen. Because Allen is really pretty darn good. I mean, in his own else, right. Who else is a three? Jabari. Jabari. So the, the log jam is Thor yeah, at the four, Jalen at the five, Jabari at the three, Allen at the two. And yeah, and Justin Powell is coming back. And yeah. yeah. Devin Cambridge is coming back, assuming. Yeah, uh, I think that's a uh, is a problem. And I think I, I mean, think Allen start minutes are a problem. I mean, I think Allen can play the four. I think I, think I can, can play a lot of spots. I think Allen's I think a really get, good player. Yeah, I think he can get minutes. It's just are those minutes going to help him improve his NBA stock? I would love to see some he might true be playing advanced, ten minutes through positions. I would love yeah. to see some true advanced stats on what Allen Flanagan's statistics are offensively when he didn't bring the ball across half court. Like what is. How much better yeah. and more efficient is he as a player in terms of turnovers, especially when he's able to catch the ball at the three-point line or inside the paint from a point guard? I bet he's astronomically better because him having to because they give him the ball because like look this is our best option at him getting to the rim, but then he's not so sure-handed that he that he ends up turning the ball over a lot more than he should. Yeah, it's true. He he, he is. He's uh, he is this season. He's a good. He's a good enough. He's a good enough ball handler to be a three. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, he, he's, he's, he's a he's an elite ball handler. Wiley. He's this team's version of Austin Wiley in that he has a ton of talent and he puts himself in position to make a lot of plays and doesn't always make those plays. Where a lot of guys wouldn't be in position to make them in the first place. That's but true. All of fans I, is. Auburn fans, just like everybody else on the planet, the expectations for that player coming into the season are 100% um, in terms of how much we like that player at the end of the year. It all has to do with how we expect him to be at the beginning of the year. So like Austin, for instance, comes in as the highest touted recruit we had ever gotten at the time, besides Mustafa. Everyone's like, oh, this guy's going to be a first-round pick in the draft. He's seven feet tall. He's a monster. Well, he, his first freaking game, he came in and just went off like yeah. against Alabama. <laughs> so. And then because the expectations were that. <laughs> As a 17-year-old. The expectations for Wiley were Shaq. Yeah. And so because he wasn't Shaq and was still yeah. probably one of the that, three best fives in the conference by the time I, I he think, left. I think there's a – there's a thing there too with, with Austin, and and I've I've said this before, is that people wanted Austin to be what they think Dylan Cardwell is. Yeah, I, like they wanted him to just do these awesome jams on guys underneath. Um, except Austin had a lot more going on at, at this point in his career for himself. Are you <laughs> he, kidding he's me? A, he's a he, he was an elite. Uh, he he I mean he was always a great defender in the post. I mean, he was, also wasn't averaging like a foul every minute. Yeah, like Dylan right. Cardwell sometimes does. <laughs> um, so uh, you know, Dylan Cardwell is more of a evolution evolutionary Horace Spencer than he is an Austin sure. Wiley. 
And, and he could, I mean, obviously Dylan could come back next year. and you know, I hope he, he comes back for four more years. Yeah, same. The other um, three-year-old Dylan Cardwell but, should not be allowed to play college basketball. So I, who had a lot? Be. I hope nobody had huge expectations for, for uh, Allen coming into this season. They though. did coming into conference it, play. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I that's what that. college basketball has that like it's different than most sports in that you play a bunch of just gimme games up front. Yeah. You know, like in football, you well, like in football, you play, you know, you got SoCon Saturday at the end of the season. Sometimes you've got Western Carolina in October. You kind of spread those out, but imagine if, and I think actually the football schedule next year is this way. You play all of those games in September. Yeah. Yeah. I, so everybody's six and oh coming into the conference right. play. Yeah, well, I think, have one like tent pole, you know, out of conference game. Another like, example no. of that is Sharif. Sharif's expectations coming into the year were he's unbelievable. And right. then we delayed seeing him for so long because of the NCAA, <laughs> and it only got better. Oh my gosh, when Sharif yeah. gets here, we're gonna be best team in the conference. And then he was that good. And then he was that good. But then because we had an exposure to him being that good, you began right expecting him to be better every week. And so you began seeing his flaws more, more obviously. And so now you got guys going, I don't even know if he's an NBA draft pick. I saw a guy on Twitter saying, I can't believe anybody would even draft him at all. Like, bro, this guy is going to play in the NBA for 15 years. Like, what are you talking about? I will say that I, I think there's several different things going on with that. There's some people that just, the entire time I've seen, they're like, "No, nah, he's not. He's not a, he's not an NBA draft guy. He'll be back." And uh, they really haven't changed their stance since they gone gone on. And then there's a portion of the people that don't think he's going to be drafted that just don't want him to get drafted. Sure, they they want him to stay, so that's their mindset. There are people that just don't think he's going to get drafted. I'm a little on the fence myself. I, I I said before we started recording, I think he goes through the process. If he's a lottery, if he's if he grades out as a lottery pick, he goes. I mean, that, there's no reason for not to if he does. Um, and he should. I and see that's where I I don't I don't know. I think there's enough question marks with him that you can't really just say, oh yeah, he's a he's a he's a lottery. Pick. No, but if you grade out as a lottery pick, work on in college. If you grade out as a lottery pick, you should go. I don't sure, care who yeah. you are. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. If, if he if he goes through the process and they're like, yeah, man, you're gonna get picked by one of the first. 15 picks. Maybe he feels cheated out of not getting a whole college season. No, there's, there's no, no, no. I'm, I'm not going to pretend to know what these, I'm not saying that's the case, but I've never been in this kid's shoes. I've never been in a 18 year old. Who's one of the best people on the planet at what he does. I, I will tell you this. It would be a extremely rare case for a guy that has been the best player on every court he's ever been on to, go to to have any sort of thought of oh well I, I really want to play in the tournament or something like that it's not to say it can't happen it's just not that's not anybody's you just, goal you just watch anymore. his sister do it that's that's not anybody's goal anymore though these yeah. people want to be in the league kids are grow up in the tournament unless they're jj reddick the, like yeah like uh, there there's some of those guys exist that i'm not going to deny they don't exist Brown. uh yeah um, this is different. Just saying, that's a this different example. Completely that's a different. totally different thing. <laughs> How he was a first round pick as a junior? Because because, because Derek Brown's money's not guaranteed. One, yes, he's not guaranteed to literally never have to work a day in his life. <laughs> after all the more reason contract. to go to the draft when you can. And three, you can get drafted higher coming back. It happens all the time. You come back yes. to college football you and you improve your draft stock. If, if you are 20 years old, you do not come back because you're not getting drafted higher as a 21-year-old in almost all cases. You cannot unless, get younger. Almost. Unless he gets younger, he will. his draft stock will go down next year unless he right just now, wins the so Naismith I'm, I'm Award. Sharif Cooper is not concerned with with anything other than how high can I go in an NBA draft and what what is my NBA career going to be? There's, I'm looking at Tankathon's uh, projected lottery picks right now. So let's see. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight freshmen on the list. Uh, four G League guys. 
three sophomores, an international, and a senior. So, yeah, I mean, they want to take freshmen. You don't have to be a freshman to get drafted. No. No, you don't. But it's the last uh, senior to get drafted first overall was Tim Duncan. I don't think there's any world in which Sharif Cooper gets drafted first overall, regardless of when he goes right. to the draft. What I mean so is like that's that's kind of a pointless. Well, here, here's here's and I think you are sort of making a point Jumo there. Kiki got drafted I, as a sophomore two years I think ago. you're making a point there though that you don't think you're making. Sharif Cooper will be 21 next year when the the draft comes, <laughs> and uh, he will be the age of a junior. Um. And if he's not going to ever be the number one pick, then coming back is not going to make him the number one pick. Now, coming back could potentially make him a higher lottery pick. That's that's right true. now. Tankathon has him at twenty. So if I think if 20, you're the twentieth pick, you might come back. Absolutely, yes. I, I think that's correct. So, I mean, that's. I think my my reasoning on why I think he comes back is because I don't think he's a lottery pick, and I don't think he's going to be graded as a lottery pick. If you're not a lottery I'm pick, I'm not an NBA scout. I could be totally off base there. I just yeah, well, because I, my I, eyes don't tell me that. That's I may, what I'm right. Going I think there's that. That's where I'm at. There's there's, I think there's too many question marks with them, and I, I think most of the projections that you see right now are by a bunch of nerds that don't actually know anything other than their history of the draft. They don't actually know what the NBA scouts are thinking. Um, and so you can't look at like I think ESPN still has him at a is the like twelfth pick or ninth. something. They have him as the ninth overall yeah, prospect. I don't, in I, don't big think, I don't think I don't think you can look at that. I think you can. I think I don't know. I think especially in his case because I think Nerd made this point that usually the GMs pick pretty close to what these <laughs> nerds sitting around. Uh, making these uh, projections with of, the lottery, no one knows with, the with second the round draft. Second round of the draft is right. a complete crapshoot. They could draft me, right? right. Um, I, I, but I think there's probably room for there to be one guy that's just like the the people have too many questions about. So they could quit. I mean, Sharif Cooper's an elite passer. Elite passer. He's elite at this level of getting to the rim. But he's not very tall. Can't really shoot. He's quick, but he's not lightning quick. He pushes pace. Auburn's adjusted pace went up significantly right, right. with Sharif no, I, I think in the I, game. He's not, uh, and I've made this comparison before, I don't think he's as fast or as quick as Jared Harper. But he's, he's fast enough. I, I mean, he's fast enough to do what he needs to do. He's not a great defender. And he hasn't. Or he's a bad defender. He's he's a bad defender. I I think there's enough questions there that got that, that would make me nervous if I'm a GM about drafting this guy in the as a lottery pick. Now, if I'm just taking a shot on him, sure, let's get him in here. What do you? I think spend some money. Oh, look at a comp like you're buying a house. I think he's better than Colin Sexton was as a freshman. Colin Sexton was a lot better shooter. Yeah, he's I, a lot better shooter. I think that's the deal. I don't think he was as I don't think Colin Sexton was as good of a basketball player as Sharif Cooper. As a freshman. I, and Colin Sexton was a top five pick. I also see I also see little things with Sharif and and I don't wanna I hate to just sit here and criticize somebody because he's the best player on our team. <laughs> like uh, I mean, there's just no way around that. But I think he makes some pretty bad decisions from time to time. As, Again, as, as this great, is a this is a you're talking about most other than size, decision making, shooting can all be corrected with NBA coaching in the minds of NBA coaches. Yeah, that's. I mean, that it's the true. opposite. I said this in the Slack. It's the opposite of for some reason Mike Leach used to talk about this all the time. Why is it that NFL coaches don't draft quarterbacks who came out of shotgun systems because it's not like it's hard to teach a kid to take a shotgun snap. <laughs> yeah. Yet NBA, right. NFL coaches for years were like, 
Uh, I don't know about this kid. He came out of a system. He never took a shot. I never took a snap under Pass. center. Yeah, snap under center. And and Mike Leach was like, well, how good of a coach are you if you can't teach a kid to take a under center <laughs> snap? Especially since almost all the time quarterbacks never jump straight into the starting role. Right. <laughs> like, like it's almost never happened. So if you're an NBA scout and you see – the reason why a lot of times guys will say, well, he has a high free throw percentage. Because if you're an NBA scout, you go, okay – if you can shoot free throws, then it's muscle memory. So eventually, well, think, we can get you to shoot threes. I think that's right. That that's the argument I've I've had is they don't really care if he can't shoot. They don't care at teach all. Him how to shoot. So why um, is JT Thor not a uh, prospect in the draft right now? Yeah, I'm I'm wondering that too. As it, a 17 year old, there's a lot of people who think he is. I haven't seen him on any boards. There are a couple of guys. About, but I haven't seen him on any boards. There's a couple the of NBA guys. The NBA draft is a really long, far away away, and that—that's yeah. the other point I was trying to make about all the projections that are going out right now. Nobody knows anything. The thing, the, the biggest question mark I would have for Street, I have well, very pretty few. Pretty much done playing, so I don't know if he's going up. Yeah. No, I, it that it they don't. It has nothing to do with looking at them. It has to do with when they start getting information from teams, yeah. which they do not have right now. My only question mark that I even have for Shreve, I don't have any that many, is that he hasn't played that many games. Yeah. My, my question mark for Shreve is like, well, I've only seen him play. Can he? Can he? Does he have the stamina? Does he have the yeah. durability to last an eighty-two game NBA season? Yeah. That 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 twelve career games. He played twelve I, I think, games. I think that's related to his size as well. He because he's not he's not muscular either. He he's just he's kind of a small dude. But his comps. His comps from a statistical standpoint, especially assists per game and points per game, are guys that are like no-brainers. Trey Young, John Morant. No-brainers. Trey Young. Trey Young was a super shooter, though. Of course, Here's he took his, about 1,000 uh, shots a game. So. Yeah. Here's his player comps on Ken Palm. And again, this is on 12 games. Uh, Shamari Pons from 2018. McKinley Wright from 2018. Cole Anthony from last year. Xavier Johnson from 2019 and Nate Walters from 2011. Cole Anthony. How do you feel about those? Cole Anthony's first round pick was a lottery pick to the Bulls, having an okay, okay year. That's one guy out of the comps. Yeah, his comps were his comps were on Ken Palm were Ja and and uh, Trey Young after like five games. Yeah, those were only two comps. But against, I mean, pretty good competition. You saw LSU, Kentucky. You know Georgia, Baylor. I mean, no, not Georgia, but Missouri, uh, Ole Miss, and Baylor. I mean, those have brought his numbers down a little bit. Yeah, he's and still this, first yeah. in the SEC in uh, straight fouls drawn for forty minutes and uh, usage rate. So. His assist rate is perplexingly big. That's why he didn't <laughs> yeah. get drafted. because yeah, look, just, remember Auburn is not a good shooting team from three pointer. Right. His team, his his, he would have five more assists a game if we could shoot. If you could shoot, if we had a team that could shoot threes, all of a sudden his assist rate is even more well, bonkers. Auburn's not been a bad shooting team in conference play, though. I know we like to think they've been, but they really haven't. I mean, fourth from two in the conference and seventh from three. Oh, it's not bad. Seventh is pretty fine. middle of the table not, in a fourteen-team conference. Middle. I call right. it bad for us. It's average. It's bad when that's what you want we, to do, though. We like to think that they've been like tenth in a conference in effective field goal percentage, and they've been sixth. Well, I just I think from three, if you're a Bruce Pearl team, yeah, seventh in the conference is really bad. Seventh in the conference is why you are not five hundred in the conference. Yeah, I, 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 I the way our team is built and Bruce runs it, seventh in the conference is just more or less unacceptable. Oh, because so you're down three guards. Yeah. I will now yeah. stop defending our best player. <laughs> no, I think I look. I think Sharif. <laughs> I, there is a great shot that he's going to grade out as a lottery pick, and he will be gone. Prepare yourselves for that. Don't be bitter about it. Don't don't think. Don't talk no, down on. If, if if he goes, it's great. That's another NBA player from Auburn. Right. Don't convince yourself it was it was not the right thing. <laughs> Be mad at the NCAA uh, for robbing us for half the year of him. Yes, be mad about that. And this ankle injury for the other three. I, guys, this concussion and ankle injury got me questioning the training staff, and I really don't want to do that, but 
Seems like we got ghosts in the look, training room. Concussion? What's 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 Double D going to do about a concussion? Man, look, <laughs> I don't I don't know, but it seems like concussion. This concussion's like he like got shot in the head. It's the worst concussion I've ever heard of. I I wonder if he's had more before this. It sounds like point. he must have at that at this yeah. point. Again, though, he's probably seeing what people are saying about him on Twitter. He's like, man, I am not Kevin Durant. These guys want me to come out here and score 45. <laughs> I'm well, I, I don't know. You just needed to be clay. But, but you got to go back to what you were saying about us not being able to shoot. Just think if JP were out there shooting 30% and shooting six threes a night, that's two, three more assists. That's a game true. For, for our boy Sharif. So. Sharif out here. With 15 and it makes a good a rebounding team even better, too. Yeah. yeah. He was a really good rebounder. Yeah, he was a good rebounder. I I think mm-hmm. we all are hoping that Shreve comes back just from an Auburn standpoint. But like she oh. said, I think we need to be prepared that Auburn will be in the position to have three straight first-round draft picks. Yeah. And back-to-back lottery, back lottery picks. Lottery-adjacent picks, three straight. Four. Four straight. Four. is going to be a first-round pick. Oh, well, oh. we don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought you were trying to claim Jalen Green. I like, I <laughs> Claiming him? <laughs> All right. So, oh, now that Ryan's done dogging on our best player, hoping that he comes back by criticizing him into coming back. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's daring him to come back. You are doing This dude's terrible. I don't even want him on my team, but I really want him on my team next year. Please come back, Shreve. <laughs> There is a lot. Of, there is an actual lot of that out there uh, if you look for it. Yeah. So tons. He's a terrible shooter. I really hope he comes back and plays for us next year. Free, come on. <laughs> All right. Baseball. Baseball played in the Great State of Texas uh, three times and went one and two um, against yeah. Big Twelve teams against three different yeah. Big Twelve teams: OU, Baylor, and A and M. First one was in extra innings too. That one that really stung. Yeah, because that was a lead for most of the game. Yeah. And then gave up a, run, a single run in the 8th, ninth, and 10th innings to lose. Yeah. I hope that someone uh, watched – I hope that Drew McCracken watched this via VPN or some shady website because the idea that it was you, not visible on the SEC network makes me question everything about our SEC network. You can't – it was – yeah, we talked about it. It was on Flow TV. Where it was you on had Flow TV like it was a cyclocross race in Belgium. Was February. it like sponsored by Progressive or something like that? Probably. Oh, Jesus, Ryan. <laughs> oh, I just got it. No. There we no. go. <laughs> Guys, Flow TV, let me say, I saw on Twitter the venerable Josh Dub talk about how golf makes it so difficult to watch its own sports. Mm. Um, it's almost like it's not trying to grow the sport. In baseball, college baseball, doing the same thing, putting it on Flow. Guys, there are times where I don't know what channel the bike race is on until the night before because that's when it's announced. So don't come at me with your sport is having a hard time making itself grow, please. There is no sport that tries harder to get less people to watch it than professional cycling. It is a complete joke. Right now, I'll have to pay three different streaming services a grand total of $140 a year to try to watch all of the races. It's crazy. It's nuts. One of them used to be 40 bucks a month. Thank God they quit doing that. I don't pay any of them. Mm. I find heroes on Reddit. Like yeah, yeah. People, Reddit. People putting it on Twitch with their feet in the camera. Is game. there a r slash cycle streams? Is that a thing? Um, I'm not, not going to oh, claim that. I'm not going to rat anybody out. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Come on. <not> talk. <laughs> dark. Uh, so Auburn then lost to the Baylor Bears 12 to 6. Yeah, that one – well. Six were pretty late runs, weren't they? I yeah, I mean, Auburn got off to a real bad start. It was and, it was a uh, real bad there. I wasn't following the game on Morse code or whatever it is you had to <laughs> you had to do to watch this game. Clubhouse was that was it on there? Here's Clubhouse. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I honestly, I don't even know what that is. I just see it on. I think Clubhouse, Clubhouse is a is a. It's like a voice chat. Thing, it's a right? voice chat thing, but I think it's got a little chat roulette to it where you can just join chats. That's, that sounds amazing, actually. Yeah. It's a little old school internet, actually. Ryan, Chat Roulette was a video service where you could just pop on and it would be – you had no clue what was going to happen. No, it could be bad. Kind of stuff they, that's the kind of stuff they warned us about in like second grade of this is yes. why you don't go on the internet, kids. What do you mean could be yeah. bad? It always was bad. It was always <laughs> bad. 
Um, and then Auburn beat its final Big 12 team of the weekend, the Texas A&M Aggies, the fighting Texas A&M Aggies, 6-1. to one. Excellent. And this game was – these games were in Round Rock, home Round Rock Donuts. And why were they there? What was this? What even, it was a what? tournament. It's just – Was it a tournament? I don't like when yeah, people – Yeah, it was. Who it's won the tournament? It's a round robin tournament. Well, it's, it's like when, you know, Auburn goes to, you know, New York for a Thanksgiving tournament. Like, it's not really a tournament tournament, but – well, Auburn won the tournament it was in in the Bahamas. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sometimes they're around, sometimes they're not. But so this is just an invitational. Right. Yeah. That. That's. That's. Yes. Round rock invitational. Is that? Is that, is that no? Anyway. Round uh, classic. But I wanted to great, say yum after you said round rock. But. Not a great weekend for the Tigers, but you know whatever. Uh, baseball season's long. So these games, like, well, I don't know anything about college baseball. Full disclosure. Do these games like count towards like an RPI type thing? Yeah, yeah, they're they're non conference games. Okay, yeah, non conference games. This isn't an exhibition. These are these it's are just games. A, it's just a way for uh, the teams to have some non con games against different teams in a central location, so they don't have like so we didn't have to go to Waco and then fly back home, then go to Norman and then fly back home yeah. and then go to College Station, which we'll probably do anyway. But hey, shout what? out for. Shout out to the baseball program for actually having the guts to play an away game, not in College Station, but in Texas. The football <laughs> team, I don't know, when has that happened? What uh, non-Cotton Bowl, non-A&M game? It was probably Texas when Pat Dye was the head coach? No, uh, uh, two seasons ago, we, Oregon there. we played Oregon. That didn't count. I'm not talking <laughs> about playing a Texas school. Oh, well, why would we? Why would we play you, USC? You got to remember the flip side of that is a Texas school has to leave Texas for a home and yeah. home. Yeah, yeah. Texas played LSU in a home and home. That's not really leaving Texas. That's just right there. Yeah, LSU. It's a five-hour drive. It's like Texas's boot. <laughs> yeah, it's like an eight-hour drive to get from one city in Texas to another. <laughs> yeah, it's not. I I am. There are a couple of teams that I think Auburn football needs to play, and I think it's a joke that we don't go out west of the Mississippi as. More than we do. We're not like it's not like we're Florida, where we literally never play anywhere, but in Florida, but still. So we play a home and home with Penn State the next two years. You know what our next six non-conference games are, right? Cal. We have Cal, UCLA, and Baylor home and homes. That's All right. Rest of the miss. This guy, uh, Alan Flint. This guy, Alan Green. My guy. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Why? Otherwise, we're just playing the same 15 schools. Playing Clemson again for the nine millionth time. I got to say, I, I figured a, a baseball player from Notre Dame wouldn't be your kind of guy, but no, he's my guy, hundred percent. I'm Al, I'm Alan Green guy. He here's a funny story about Alan Green and, and me. Our friend Josh Black introduced me to Alan Green on the floor of the Final Four game before the game started by tapping Alan Green on the back and breaking up a conversation that Alan Green was having. With Grant Hill. <laughs> and so Grant Hill had to go like, what the heck? And Alan Green turned around and Josh said, hey, you got to meet this guy. So I – Grant Hill left. Like He was like, all right, whatever. I'm out of here. No, I thought you were going to say you ignored Alan Green to go talk to Grant Hill. No, I didn't get to meet Grant Hill, unfortunately. All right. But Alan, but Alan Green was a big fan of the song. So we, we like Alan Green on the website. Um. Ryan, what can you tell me about first baseman junior Tyler Miller? Yeah, he's had a great start to the season. Um, I, I don't remember him being talked up as like one of the the big offensive stars preseason, but yeah, you know, he's play, He started seven of the first eight games at first base. He's hitting four forty four, uh, leads the team in home runs, extra base hits, RBIs. Now, for, for those at home uh, that don't know. Is four forty four a good batting average? That that's real good. Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> that, that's real good. How many games? Seven games. That's really good. Yeah. And I I think the most impressive thing is just the one strikeout in twenty seven at bats. Hmm. Um, he's I I don't. It's seven games. You don't know if it's sustainable or not, especially because we has we haven't played uh, Wait, conference games yet. And you probably got half started. of those at bats in one game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> scored 50, 50 something runs in two games last week. Yeah. Um, 
But still, no, shout out to him. He's had a good start. Um, that'd be a nice addition uh, if you can keep it going. Nice. Very nice. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and talk a little softball. And we are back. 49 minutes and 18 seconds into this podcast. Contentious at times, but lovely always. Do you think the listeners uh, at home are, are like I am when I'm watching a basketball game? And I'm like, man, I wish they would like talk about the, the numbers and the actual stuff going on and not, you know, extraneous things. No, because uh, I'm not that way about that. Here's here's a hot take. I actually don't care if the announcers talk about the game. I'm, what about I, if they power rank their kids? I'm fine with that too. I, I actually I thought that was I, pretty funny to be honest. Yeah, that's funny to me. I don't like watching a game and them talking about it, it's it's really bad when they talk about things that aren't even basketball related. Well, you can't would, think that's fine. That's funny. It's it's when you're watching and they're talking about the UFC fight coming up yeah. next week, like cross promotion stuff, or when they just seem completely disinterested in the game itself. The cross promotion thing I don't love, and the hyping up of whatever the narrative of the season is, yeah, yeah I don't yeah. love. But I don't, they want to talk that. about what Grateful Dead show they went to last month, or sure, okay, I love I love Bill Walton, <laughs> but Bill Walton talks about the game. He does. He'll come in every, he, in and out. He connects almost every craziest thing he says right. to the game itself. There's Somehow, I've I listened to enough Rangers terrible Rangers baseball broadcasts on the radio, where the guys have to talk about different cookie flavors they like because the Rangers are getting skull crushed twelve to <laughs> twelve to one in the fourth. That I so I, I I'm okay with homers doing it when things are not going well, particularly in baseball. Yeah, especially in baseball, but I don't like it when neutral right guys like. When a team like we were, we were getting blown out in one game recently, uh, and they just talked about Alabama the entire. See, like, that's second. the thing I don't like when they talk about other schools, whatever. It's like if the only reason I dislike when they're like, "Hey, have you watched Breaking Bad yet?" Nah, I'm still trying to get into that. Is when that's like over overlaid on a highlight of the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm like, yeah. what the heck are they talking about? I'm going to be you really ever watch anything here. on Fox, that that happens on Fox yeah. more than any other show. I'm going to be really hypocritical here. I like when they have like set up bits. I don't like when they go off the cuff with that kind of stuff. Yeah, oh, the set up bits. We, we would never do that. But sure. <laughs> I love but I like bits, period. I like them when they're set up. I like, I like when they're bit. going off the cuff. Big fan of when it goes on for like 5 minutes of game time. Right. Yeah. That's there you I think that's. I think we're all agreed on the issue yes. here. Yeah, so you know who doesn't like, do that is Doris Burke, the greatest. Yeah, she is the best. We need more Doris Burke. I wish she called college games. I wish college basketball <laughs> was just the NBA. Here I am <laughs> saying that again. All right, so softball. Softball. We're pretty good again. Best team on campus. Pretty good again. All of a sudden. All of a sudden. This new coach like, uh, had to kind of tear down the program a little bit and build his own thing. Well, it was almost like it was rotten from the inside, Ryan. You could say that. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes when you plant tomatoes, you got to just root up the whole garden, come back through. I think they're 10 and 1 on the year, which yeah. is pretty good. Yeah. I mean, and a lot of that is. They play like 60 games of softball. Yeah. Though, right? And or usually seven. the first couple of weeks of softball is a bunch of gimme games where. Sure. Auburn will host like they have the, the Tiger invite. They hosted Jacksonville, not Jacksonville State, Jacksonville, right? Um, and, and Murray State, and my what will always be my favorite university name: IUPUI. Yeah, Indiana University, Purdue University of Indianapolis. Yeah, that's sure. a they're a big uh, NCAA tournament team uh, from back <laughs> back a number of years ago. Used to make it frequently. Can you imagine if like Auburn, Alabama had a combined program in Birmingham? Maybe in like Mobile. Montgomery. <laughs> like, yeah. Auburn University, Auburn University, University of Alabama and Mobile. There you go. It would have to be AU because you want to start with the uh, alphabetical. Uh, AUUA. AUUAM. Yeah. yeah. So, go. best player on the team right now is a freshman for softball, similar to basketball. Maddie yeah. Pinta, who was a freshman from Maryland and was the number two recruit in her class. Yeah, uh, pretty good pull by old Mickey. Awesome. 
Um, she's so she started five games. She's a pitcher, and just absurd numbers. That I mean, if you told me the best player in the country was doing this, I'd still be surprised. Five complete games, five starts, three shutouts, two no hitters. Uh, 49 strikeouts and 12 walks against 128 batters and a 0.85 whip. Pitching or, sorry, is, ERA. Pitching in softball always trips me out because they played 11 games. She's pitched. She's pitching five of them. Right. That's <laughs> almost the whole game and all of them. It, it's kind of crazy. Um, y'all want to hear my one softball story? Sure. I have a co- actually I have a couple softball stories, but my best one is I was the PA announcer for the high school softball team. Nice. From Junior year and senior year. Senior year, PA announcer, and we are in a pretty close game in some tournament that, we, that the team was hosting. And my linebacker's coach was the softball coach. And that's how I got the gig. And he pl- ran a trick play. So it turned out that the pitcher for the other team would turn around and check the infield, but she wouldn't get all the way back in the circle when she did it. She'd have her like toes just on the outside of the circle. So technically you could still run at that moment because the rules were if the pitcher's in the circle, you can't keep stealing bases. You can't just keep running, whatever. So he called some play, some trick play in which she turned around to check and as she did, because she wasn't all the way in the circle, a girl stole home. <laughs> and no one thought she could steal because everyone on the field assumed the pitcher had gone all the way back in the circle like she's supposed to when she does this. But right. coach had noticed that she wasn't doing that, told his runner, hey, she doesn't go back in the circle all the way. You can steal home. This girl steals home, wins the game. Okay. Or takes the lead. Sorry, takes the lead because there's more softball to be played. Takes the lead. The opposing coach flips, as you might imagine. Storms out of the dugout. Runs up to the umpire, claiming that she was in the circle. The umpire says, actually, she wasn't. She hasn't gone back in the circle all game. Blah, blah, blah. The coach of my team, smile on his face, ear to ear, because he's noticed it. The opposing coach begins screaming, that's dirty softball. That's dirty softball. Screaming that dirty softball over and over, repeating it. Won't stop repeating that dirty softball. Takes the bag, the bucket of balls in the dugout, throws them <laughs> across the infield, takes all the bats out of the dugout, throws them at my coach, at the coach of the other team, until he has to get into the dugout to stop the bats hitting him. Never stop screaming that dirty softball. He gets tossed, as you might imagine. Mm-hmm. Team goes on to lose the game by like four runs. So now, yeah. to this dirty day, I will, I will claim that's dirty softball. Anytime <laughs> anybody does anything, that's dirty softball, guys. It's dirty softball. All right, that's Good all we got. the context of it. Otherwise, you might sound like a certain football coach in the state. <laughs> <laughs> that's good enough. That's good enough for me today, guys. Yeah, Maddie Penta. She uh, she's pretty good. Right? Definitely no, not dirty I mean, softball. She's uh. <laughs> Had a great start so far. Um, looking forward to seeing how uh, that goes on all year. Is softball back? I think so. You heard it here first, folks. Softball's back. Softball's back. <laughs> Crow, you're not allowed to write an article about it, though. I won't. I haven't written an article in forever. I didn't actually do that before they was, tell me. I, not was I the last so- one the soccer one? Yeah, well, I, I was about to mention, since we are a so- uh, all soccer podcast, I think soccer won a game uh, or two. Yeah, I didn't realize they were doing a spring season. Yeah, yeah they do every year. They usually do. It's it's a thing. But uh, it seems like these are like actual games. Oh, well, maybe it is. It's like uh, they're playing conference teams. Which you, yeah, they do it every year. Okay, yeah, I, thought, yeah. I thought spring games were like they would go play you know, AUM or something like that. No, they, no, they, they do, do that, that too, too, but they'll play like two or three conference games, and it doesn't count for anything. Yeah. It's just a, it's like spring training. Only they play actual. So, games. so you're telling me a college team yes. could play like exhibitions in the spring against other programs? Sure. They beat Kennesaw State Novel five. Idea. They beat yeah. Kennesaw State five nil on the nineteenth. Okay. That's the one I was thinking of. And then on, uh, they beat they tied LSU in double overtime nil nil. Mm. Ooh, thriller. 
their next game is March the 6th, and they go to that team we play all the time, the Clemson Tigers. Nice. Oh, yeah. we, we I think we actually discussed the schedule at some point. We the, did. We talked about this. They, okay. we, have a, we have an Iron Bowl of soccer coming up on March 27th, by the way, at, there we at go. Alabama. But, so we need, but that doesn't count? I mean, these seem like real games. These don't we count, man. Play they Alabama in the spring? Well, maybe I'm wrong because there's an NCAA tournament all of a sudden, but does that make oh, any sense? There? Like, I, I really yeah. think. I mean, they played an actual schedule in the fall, but there was no tournament. There was so an they... SEC tournament. Okay. Huh. I don't know what's going on? We'll have to look no. into this and talk. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll look have into a this full report. soccer report next week. And uh, uh, one of Crow's patented uh, investigative reports. Yeah, absolutely. All right, everybody have a worry weekend. Worry.